There's been a lot of controversy over the past few years about how God speaks to us. Find out ways that God speaks to us on this edition of the Biltor Christie Podcast. Listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics while taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas. This is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is your host uh, for the time we have together, yours truly, Brian Chilton. Uh, I am uh, recording this late uh, on uh, Friday, uh, April 6th. Uh, this is the April 6th edition of uh, 2018 edition of the Bellator Christie Podcast. Uh, coming to you kind of late uh, tonight. Um, I had a busy couple of weeks, and uh, so this podcast is uh, getting out a little bit later than normal. If you hear me talking in a lower tone, uh, the uh, Chilton household uh, is asleep, and so I'm trying to keep this low-key, uh, so I probably won't be uh, very energetic in this podcast as I'm trying to uh, be sensitive uh, to the family as they're asleep, and so recording this uh, as I'm close to, uh, pretty close to burning the midnight oil, <laughs> it is... Uh, uh, about we have about 45 minutes remaining in this day before it actually does become midnight. So, uh, recording this a little bit later than I normally do, uh, but uh, it's good to be with you today. Hope you're doing well wherever you may be. I want to remind you that the Bellator Christie podcast is a production of BellatorChristie.com uh, as we're coming to you uh, from the Bellator Christie studios uh, here in the Carolinas. And we want to remind you that uh, it, that uh, we do encourage you to go to bellatorchristie.com. And while you're there, uh, be sure to subscribe uh, to the podcast. And by doing so, you'll receive all of the uh, inserts, uh, excuse me, inserts, uh, all of the articles in your inbox, as well as uh, links to this podcast as they become available. And so we do encourage you to uh, do that. Uh, so we... so. Also, this uh, podcast is available on many different apps. We're available on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, as well as Google Play. So you can uh, take the podcast with you on the go, uh, to and fro. Uh, Take us with you as you journey uh, to and fro fro from work. And uh, be sure to, we just ask you simply to share this in return, just to let people know about this podcast, about this ministry online. Uh, If you would like to donate to the ministry, you can send me an email. Uh, at uh, Brian Chilton. Just think of a cashless Hilton. That's what I tell everybody. C-H-I-L-T-O-N at bellatorchristie.com. And uh, we'll be glad to talk to you and see about ways if you'd like to help this ministry. 
And we would uh, appreciate that if this where you can. And if not, we just encourage you to continue to support the ministry simply by sharing uh, any of the articles or, or um, uh, podcasts uh, with those whom you think may uh, find it beneficial. And we'll just thank you for that. Uh, as always, the most important thing is to uh, continue to keep this ministry in your prayers. Uh, we are um, reaching more people than, than we have in times past. In fact, the, uh, the website has seen quite a bit of activity uh, over the uh, past few weeks and, and actually past month or so. So uh, I don't know if that has something to do with uh, Easter, uh, which I'm sure that may have a lot to do with it. Uh, but we're grateful and thankful for everyone who stops by and gives us a listen uh, or gives us a like on social media. And so we're grateful and thankful for that. But do be much in prayer for this ministry, that God will continue to bless over this ministry and use uh, me and, uh, and this ministry as He sees fit. Today we're going to uh, talk about an issue that's uh, very important and near and dear to my heart, and it's um, it's, it's an issue that uh, is, I think, very important, and I think it's very important that we give this a balanced um, treatment, uh, because I'm talking today about hearing from God. And there's there's uh, recently, in recent years, there's a, there's been a big push in the apologetic community, cautioning people about uh, listening, about hearing from God. And I understand this. In fact, William Lane Craig had a wonderful podcast. In fact, I found it very challenging, although I don't know that I agree with him on on everything that he said. Um, but uh, I, I did agree with the, the vast majority of what he said on this recent podcast talk from Reasonable Faith. And I think he gave a good balanced treatment talking about or cautioning individuals about saying that they, they, they heard a word from the Lord and, and they're absolute in, in, in their conviction of that. And he was talking, um, cautioning individuals. In fact, some people have, have even gone off the deep end with this. Uh, as they say, well, they heard from God and they they knew something to be a, with with great certainty, and and have even um, I think I think he mentioned something about a judge uh, said that he heard from God about a certain verdict, and was was trying to even persuade the the jury in this in this uh, case, which I would agree with with William Lane Craig on this that this is very questionable a very questionable practice. Uh, to be doing, and so we have to be cautious with this. And in fact, there's, there's, and I understand it in other avenues of apologetics because there are these movements where where people claim to have heard from God, even though what they claim to have heard from God seems to be quite questionable as it relates to Scripture, and and really, if not, to be honest, downright oppose. The, the truths found in Scripture. And so I agree and I understand where people are coming from in this regard because I do think we have to be very careful with this because we have to understand that if God is communicating, He is right, but we don't always hear what God says correctly. But my my main concern in this issue is that we don't go too far in the opposite direction in fact, Jason Klein and I have talked about this extensively, and I think he's even been on the podcast as we've discussed this issue before, if I'm not greatly mistaken. And if not, we might need to bring him on and let's have a good discussion about this. 
But we have to be careful that we don't go too far in the other direction. And that's what I want to address because I think we have to be very careful to give a balance in this issue. Because the Bible talks about us, or in fact cautions us, not to quench the Spirit of God. Now, I believe that God does speak to us. I think that that is a scriptural um, truth, that God does communicate to us in certain ways. And we have the ability to listen to what God tells us. Yes, I do believe that we are depraved. I do believe our sinful inclinations lead us away from God, and that no, we cannot save ourselves. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I don't believe that that sin nature completely deposes and, and uh, of, of our ability to hear from God completely. In fact, I think God does communicate with us. And I, do, I think God does speak to us. But it's not necessarily the way that many people portray it being. It's not like God um, speaks audibly to us. Okay, There are different ways that God communicates with us. And that's what I want. That's going to be the focus of this podcast today. I want to, in fact, list um, eight ways scriptural, and I'm going to give scriptural references behind all of these eight uh, to describe how God speaks to us. Okay, and and the first and most important way that God speaks to us. Well, first of all, we have to ask this question: Does God communicate with us? And the answer is absolutely in the affirmative. Yes, he does. John 14, 26, Jesus says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Okay, is this not the same Holy Spirit that we receive upon salvation? The answer is yes. Okay, are we not told in Scripture, are we not warned, in, like in First Thessalonians, and in fact there's another uh, passage in the book of Acts, are we not warned not to quench the Spirit of God? Well, yes. So that must be that the Holy Spirit does communicate with us. Okay? And, and I don't think, and I think we have to be very careful. I, I do believe that there are certain things that have been discontinued after the apostolic age, okay? But the majority of things, I think, have been passed along. I, I may be a little charismatic on this. I, if, if I'm charismatic, I may be the mildest version of that because I don't speak in tongues, because I am a Southern Baptist. Uh, I don't speak in tongues. I don't do these type of th- the things that you see in, in many charismatic circles. But I do believe that the, the power is still there for these things to take place, Okay? So I may be the mildest version of a charismatic that one could be, okay? Because I I do think we need to be cautious with with many of these things. But at the same time, I'm not going to say that I'm not. And I think we have to be careful not to put God in a box, saying, "Well, God cannot or will not do this or that," because God still has the same power today that He has that He had uh, when the Holy Spirit first came down upon the church at the day of Pentecost. Okay, so I think we have to take care as to not become hard-hearted on these issues. Okay, so how does God communicate with us? When we talk about God speaking to us, what do we really mean? 
And again, I, I think that we do need to have this conversation, and I, and I do applaud individuals like William Lane Craig and even Greg Kokel, even though I don't agree with the way Greg Kokel approaches this issue um, in, in some aspects, but I do understand and appreciate his voice and what he has to say on this issue because I do think he gives us some good warnings uh, about well, to confront and combat some of the things that's taking place, especially in the area where he where he lives. And I, and I, I wholeheartedly applaud him for that. But I do think God does speak to us. And, and God speaks to us many times in prayer. And in fact, I even heard Greg Kokel say, and I think it's very appropriate, that it's, it's very unusual that, we, that when we talk to God, we call it prayer. But when God talks to us, we call it schizophrenia. <laughs> you know, it, it is very odd. But there are ways that God speaks to us. And, and I will say that um, um, the voice of God is part of it. We're going to talk about this. But I don't think, I, I think that when we talk about the voice of God audibly speaking to us, that is in the vast minority of cases. Okay? So I want to take this by the, the majority of the cases to the, to the least of, of the cases. And I'm going to give you probably, um, I'm going to mention, I'm going to mention eight, but really these are seven, seven things that, uh, <laughs> well, that is weird. Something fell over there. I don't know what happened over there. But anyhow, uh, we're going to mention eight things today but but uh, I want to just make a distinction here uh, talking about the communication uh, so anyhow it, that'll make sense as we go along I'm going to mention eight things today but seven really we're going to focus on seven uh, of these things but number one the, the way God by and large speaks to us the greatest uh, is is through scripture uh, God has given us his word for a reason and that that is that this is the the litmus test that we need to use to test truth, because in Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen, uh, Paul writes to Timothy saying, um, "All Scripture, okay, all Scripture." Now he's talking about the Old Testament, but I think there were some documents by this time that were were included in the New Testament Scripture. The, these these scripture scriptural writings, the Gospels were certainly written by this time, with the exception of the Gospel of John and the letters of John and things of this nature. But all Scripture is inspired by God, Theonoustos, God-breathed, and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, I, I hold to the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy which means that I believe that the autographs, the original writings, are absolutely inspired, are absolutely infallible, and are absolutely inerrant. Now, that doesn't mean that I, don't, I, I do think we need to be open to the idea of talking about different genres and things of this nature uh, as, as the way God used uh, these men to construct these writings and how God uh, conveyed these truths. I do think that's important. But by and large, this is the litmus test by which God has given us to test truth claims. Okay? So if you feel that God is saying something to you and it goes against the word that he gives us, then you're not hearing from God. Okay? Because we're told in Scripture to test the Spirit's 
Test the spirits. Test the things that come our way to see whether they're, they are truly from God or not. Because God cannot lie. We see that in Titus 1, 2. Okay? It is impossible for God to lie. So if, God, if, if the Word of God is true, and this is, the, this is the revelation of God given to us, then that means that he's not going to go against the word that he has spoken to us. Now, there are certainly some difficult things in Scripture where we don't have full understanding on some of these issues, and I'll be the first to admit that. But by and large, on those, those truths that we do know to be true in Scripture, God is not going to say something opposed to that because the Scripture is his revelation given to us, and that is the litmus test. Now, why do I I believe this is the case? Well, I think we have historical reasons to back up the claims made in Scripture. I think we also have uh, spiritual reasons for for believing in Scriptures, but that's another podcast for another time. But right now, by and large, God does speak to us. He shows us truths in Scripture. Maybe there's a passage of Scripture you read that one time before, and you read it again, and this time when you read it, man, it maybe it just really impacts you. It's really hitting on a, an issue that you're facing, and, and, and you, just, you just feel and you just see guidance coming to your life from that Scripture that you read, and God is applying that to you. Well, that's, that's how God is speaking to you, speaking to you through His Word. And it's important that you have a regular time of devotions to the Lord, especially if you're a Christian leader. You say, well, hey, I study the Word of God all the time. That's not the same. It's like the difference between working somewhere and, and working out. Okay, doctors will tell you it's not the same. Okay, you're getting physical activity. That's true. But the physical exercise, the, the continuity that you have on a treadmill, walking, whatever the case may be, uh, is doing you something that that work that you're doing in the yard, stuff like that's not doing. Okay, so there is a difference. So you need to be in the Word. Number two, God speaks to us by His Spirit. Now we see this uh, in a, a, a few places. We read for uh, John. Fourteen twenty-six. a while ago. Let's go back to the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 14. And this time, let's look at verse 17. John 14, verse 17. Let me get there. Jesus says, He is the Spirit of truth, talking about the Counselor. The world, world is unable to receive Him because it doesn't see Him or know Him. But you know Him because He remains in you and will be in you. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Let me flip over there. Bear with me for a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Says, Don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and the Spirit of God lives in you? Okay, the Spirit of God speaks to us. Okay, now here again, this may not be an audible voice, but I can tell you the way God speaks to me and has spoken to me through His Spirit. And a lot of times it's been been by these, what I call impressions. Strong impressions uh, that, that God has weighed on me, laid on my heart, laid on my mind that I can't shake. A good ex- I'm going to give you three examples of, of how God has done this. For instance, the first example is when God was 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 bringing me back to a stronger faith. I was driving down Haynes Mall Boulevard in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and came across 
the Lifeway Christian Bookstore there in the Target Shopping Center. Okay, as I was driving down there, I had this strong impression that I needed something was just telling me. And you hear people talk about this. Something was just telling me I needed to do something. And that's what happened here. I had this overwhelming impression that I needed to go to the bookstore, and I had no clue why. You know, it was just out of the blue. Why in the world do I need to go to the bookstore? Well, I go to the bookstore, and there is when I come across the books by Lee Strobel and Josh McDowell that have really, quite frankly, outside the Scripture itself, forever transformed my life, talking about Christian apologetics. Another example happened actually in ministry at uh, the second pastorate that I had. Uh, I was I was I had picked up some folks. We were going to go on visitation, and as I was driving down the road, we didn't really know who to see. We didn't know wh- whom we needed to see that day, but we uh, we prayed about it. And I had a lady by the name of Layla on my heart and mind very strongly that day, and I told the folks who were with me who were visiting with me, I said, I think we need to go see Layla. I don't know why, but we need to go see her. And, you know, sure enough, you know, we went to the the uh, the uh, nursing home that day where she was, where she was, and went in there, and did you, do you know, she had a, a very severe, it wasn't a major stroke, but it was, as far as these mini strokes that she'd been having, it was pretty, pretty intense, and she needed to have someone there with her that day. And we went in there, and in fact, her daughter came up to us and said, "Thank the Lord that you came. Uh, that this we really need you here today." I had no clue about that. They had no clue about that. But it was this overwhelming impression. And friends, in ministry, I can tell you that this has happened on more than one occasion. This has happened on several occasions. For instance, just this past week, we've had a tough couple of weeks. Mom, my mom had uh, major back surgery uh, last week. And uh, by the grace of God, she's done fantastic with this surgery. Uh, it, it was it was last well not last Wednesday. I'm doing this on a Friday. It was it was Wednesday before last, and she had uh, ma- major surgery, and um, she she's done very well by the grace of the Lord. But you know, we had a, a couple from church who donated a certain particular type of walker. Mom had a, one type of walker, but these this walker had wheels on all four. Uh, of the of the um, the legs of the walker, and had these brake system, and uh, you know I had I had this strong impression just yesterday that I needed to go take that walker to mom. I had no reason why, uh, you know, I just something I just had that in, impression upon my my heart that I needed to go take her that walker. Do you know that a few hours after I, I delivered the walker to her? Uh, my son and I, we left, we came back home, and do you know, that day, her therapist came and wanted her to walk outside for the first time since she's been in in the house from, since the time of her surgery, and said that was the perfect walker for her. <laughs> this is the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you. It was the perfect type of walker she needed to be able to walk outside, and it was such a beautiful day. He wanted her to walk outside, and you know what? They did. They did. I had no way of knowing that. My dad didn't know it. My mom didn't even know it until it happened. But that's how the Holy Spirit works. It's not this audible voice. I, I don't know if you want to call it mind speak. I, I may sound a little crazy calling it that. Uh, some people may think I, I'm, I'm getting a little out there talking like that. Uh, you know, Hopefully nobody will try to have me committed saying this. 
but but it is it's this overwhelming impression that the spirit of God lays upon a person's heart. And friend, I'm not the only one. I've heard other people say the same thing that they'll have a person on their heart. They feel like they just need to call someone. They don't know why, but they just need to call someone. And that very moment that they call, that person's going through something. Going through something and having a, a difficult time. Friends, this happened to several people. Okay, so before anyone tries to have me committed, thinking I'm a lunatic or anything like that, which probably wouldn't be the first time, <laughs> you know, to be, truth be told, but uh, it has happened to several people who walk with the Lord and who are who truly seek to hear from the Lord. That's the way the Spirit of God works. It's not. Okay, so let me just leave that there. The third thing is by Jesus. Okay, um, and obviously Jesus speaks through the Holy Spirit, and I was I debated about whether to um, to add this or you know or not, you know as as uh, as the modern ways, but I do think Jesus does speak to people. Um, John ten twenty seven, Jesus says, uh, "My sheep hear my voice; I know them, and they follow me." Okay, so. What that's simply simply saying is that uh, if a person who is of Christ is is going to be able to be in tune with the Spirit of God, be in tune with God, and they're going to hear from God, they're going to want to hear from God, and they'll they'll be open to hearing a word from the Lord. Um, like I said, I debated about whether to add that on here or not. Um, because we're talking about modern methods, and it is possible that the resurrected Jesus could appear to anyone at any time, anytime he chooses. There's nothing saying that he couldn't just, as I'm doing this podcast late night, that he couldn't just appear right in front of me now. I mean, it's possible if he wanted to. And praise the Lord, if he wants to, I say, come Lord Jesus. I mean, what a wonderful thing that would be. But that's just to simply say that in this connection that we have with Christ, God does that Jesus does speak to us through these various means, and so we can hear His voice. Okay, so fourth thing is by creation. Romans one twenty says gives us a good word here. Paul says, writing to the Romans, he says um, in, in one twenty for his talking about God, his invisible attributes, that is his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. I think it is important to go on prayer walks from time to time. I think it's important to get out in nature and just to take a take a, some time just to look at the beauty of God's creation. And I think we can learn about God through His creation. We, can, you know, by going to the mountains, we learn about the majesty of God. We see the the uh, the steadfastness of God through the the mighty rocks that He's made. We going going to the beach can learn about the power of God. When I think we can learn a lot about the eternal nature of God and and things like that. Looking at uh, at the stars, at the at the uh, at the universe. You know, I'm, I'm talking here now more about natural revelation, but God does, I think, in a matter of speaking, uh, show us things about Himself uh, through His creation. Okay, so that's that's one way we could see. Also, I think God uses other believers to speak to us. I think the fifth thing is that He uses other believers. Have you ever noticed that sometimes it seems like that uh, when you're going through a difficult situation, you see you seem to run across someone who has 
who is the right person to have the right word at the right time. I think that's God. I don't think that's an accident. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's the working and moving of God Almighty. And, and a good example of this is uh, found in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. I'm not going to read that you know, to you. Uh, you know the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip, who had that impression of the Holy Spirit that he needed to go in this location, which was very odd because he was leaving a place where where there was massive evangelism taking place. He was leaving a place where there were a lot of people coming to the Lord to go out into the wilderness to to a, a, a an isolated place. Philip had no clue why he was going out there, but the Spirit of God impressed upon him that he needed to be there and that he needed to approach this chariot that was going by. And there in that chariot, he found an Ethiopian eunuch who was reading Isaiah 53, trying to figure out what Isaiah 53 was, 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 uh, was addressing and whom it was addressing. And Philip, while... while um, being there with the Ethiopian eunuch, led the eunuch to the Lord, baptized him in a local uh, body of water, and was taken by the Spirit of God to go in a different direction. And no doubt about that Ethiopian eunuch, uh, I have no doubt about, went back to Ethiopia and shared the gospel of Christ with the individuals uh, in that community. And that's just, that's just the way God works, and He does the same thing today. I think God puts people in our lives at the right time, at the right moment, to, to, to be a blessing to us. Uh, but we have to take time, I think, just to stop and, and, and see what God is doing, you know, with other individuals and how God may be blessing. Uh, I think the sixth way we can see God moving, and we could give several different examples throughout Scripture, but I want to look at Revelation 3.8 to, to talk about how God uses circumstances to speak to our lives. Some people call these signs. And I think that's probably a good way of, of putting it. Uh, Jesus says to the church of Philadelphia in Revelation chapter 3, verse 8, I know your works. Look, I have placed before you an open door that no one can close because you have put little, uh, because you have uh, but little power, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. There's another scripture that says that the doors that God opens, no man can close. The doors God closes, no man can open. Okay. I think it's important for us as believers to see what God is doing around us. See what God is doing around us. You know, you may be wondering what God wants you to do in your life. He may, you may be wondering what your calling is, and maybe you haven't just received a word of the, from, the, from the Lord just yet, and maybe you're kind of confused as to what God may be doing in your life. One of the things I tell people is to look around you and see what God's doing already and jump on board. You know, until God leads you elsewhere, jump on board. That's what I tell people of every, at every church where I, where I minister. You know, I tell everybody, I will be there with you as long as God wants me there, as long as God wants me there, okay? And, and I won't leave, a, I'll try not to leave a moment too soon, I'll try not to leave a moment too late, because, because God opens the doors that He wants us to go through and closes the doors that He does not want us to go through. And, um, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God speaking, um, God has spoken to me many times over, 
by these circumstances. Sometimes I have felt like I needed to go a certain route and pray, Lord, if it be your will, open a certain door. And I felt like, well, this must be the right door. And I've tried to force it open, but it wasn't God's will. And I look back later on to say, yeah, you know what, if I had, if I had done that, man, I would have made a big mistake. Now, I think that God gives us inclinations. I think God allows us to to go down certain paths. He opens the doors He wants open for us. He closes the doors He doesn't want open for us. But we need to have the wisdom to, to be able to know the difference. And that's where the Holy Spirit of God, if we're in tune with the Holy Spirit of God and we're listening to the Holy Spirit of God, that's where God can really help us. Sometimes we try to force the issue. And I'm going to tell you, folks, I've learned from experience, that doesn't work. It doesn't work because if it's not God's will for you to to be at a certain place or do a certain thing, you can try all you want to, but it's not going to succeed. Especially when we talk about ministry, especially when we talk about issues of faith, okay, in ministry. And this this isn't only ministerial positions and things of this nature. This We're talking about anything in life. Seek the Lord and be willing to understand that God's, God's direction may be different than the direction you had for yourself. And friend, I can tell you that if you go according to the way the Lord is leading you, you'll be a whole lot better off than you would if you tried to force the issue and go down a route that God never intended for you to go. Now, did God foreknow that you were going to go down that road? And God, did God know from eternity past that you were going to choose to do that? Absolutely. Can God get you out of the circumstance? Absolutely, He can. You know, that's, that's part of his infinite wisdom and his infinite uh, omniscience. But at the same time, you know, God has a plan for us, and we need to listen to God's direction and, and, and live according to his will. Now, there's another way that God speaks to us, and that's by dreams and visions. Now, I know you may be saying, well, wow, I don't know about that. Dreams, Brian, that sounds like something ancient, you know, and are you sure about that? You think God speaks to us through dreams still? I mean, I, you know, what about that dream I had where this dragon was chasing me off the roof of a building, and I fell off a building and landed on a puffy cloud and dreamed of pink elephants? What was God telling me? I'm not saying that every dream has some type of divine direction. But I am saying that I do think that God still can use dreams to communicate certain truths to individuals. I do think God can speak through visions as well. In fact, all across the world, there are countless individuals who are coming to faith because individuals who otherwise would not have come to faith because of visions that God is giving them, and in fact, telling them of the message of the gospel. And like I said, people are coming to faith because of this. We're talking about people in areas where Christians could not reach. But we see people coming to faith. And that's the power of God. But... Do we have scriptural reason for believing that God speaks to people through visions and dreams? Well, actually, we do. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, Joel has this prophecy, and he talks about that one day when this new covenant is established, how God is going to pour out His Holy Spirit, His, His personal presence on all people. 
And he goes on to say that after this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. I will display wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, uh, and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the blue, moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, for there will be an escape for those on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, as the Lord promised among the survivors of the Lord calls. Okay, the, the point is simply this. God can still use visions and dreams to communicate certain truths to us today. But again, we have to test those truths against the scripture to make sure that, it's, that it that it coincides with the, uh, the the teachings we find in scripture and if it's if God, and if it's truly of God it will and last but certainly not least while this may not be popular I do think we have to be open to the idea that God could I'm not going to say that he always does but I think that God could speak audibly to us is certainly within His power, and He's certainly done it in New Testament days. And you say, well, now, how does that happen? Okay, well, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And let me just give add a little, a little caution to this. I don't think God normally operates in this fashion. Because quite honestly, if God were to speak in all of His power, if, if you, as you read and hear about the voice of God... In, uh, in heaven, as it's the sound of cascading waters. It's the sound of uh, intense power. You know, God, if God audibly spoke to you in all His power, He would put you on your back and you would probably, you know, you'd probably suffer, you know, uh, uh, hearing loss after that, you know, quite honestly. But, uh, but, but God can still speak to us audibly if He so chooses. Okay, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, when Jesus was baptized, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Okay, John chapter 12, we see another instance where God audibly speaks to people. Again, even in the ministry of Jesus, this was a rarity. What we see in the transfiguration, uh, God audibly speaks to the disciples, saying, This is my son, listen to him. Okay, also in John chapter 12, uh, verse 28, uh, Jesus is saying, Father, save me from this hour that is, uh, but that is why I came uh, to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said it was thunder. Others said as an angel has spoken to him. Some people understood it. Some other people didn't. Okay, but everyone knew that there was this audible sound that had taken place, um, even though some were given the ability to understand the words and others were not. Does God speak audibly through His voice? Yes, He can. Does He do that on as as a the normal fashion? No, He doesn't. Okay, and so this is not the norm. By and large, God normally, when He speaks to us, normally speaks to us by Scripture and by the Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us by by the Scripture. And through the impressions and instruction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So, I think on the one hand, 
we need to understand that God does speak to us. But on the other hand, we have to, we have to also understand, too, that we are fallible people. And that even if God truly is speaking to us, we have to understand that, um, that we may misunderstand what God is saying to us. And furthermore, if God is, is telling you something, if it's truly of God, He's going to tell other people too, other believers. So if you think, well, God is telling me this, this, person, this other person needs to do this other thing, you have to be open and understand that God is going to say that to that person too, okay? If you're, if you're a believer A and you're saying to the believer B that the believer B has to do something, well, then believer B needs to also be able to hear that from God as well, you know? We, we can't monopolize God, and we certainly need to take caution that we don't try to... to um, Go in directions and 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 try to uh, uh, force what we think to be God's voice on a situation, because we may be mistaken. Okay, so I think we do need to be use great caution when we talk about God speaking to us. But at the other hand, I think we also need to be cautious not to become deists. In, in thinking that God will never speak to us and that God doesn't communicate to us because that just, I don't think, holds water with Scripture. I think when we look at the Scripture and the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit, we should anticipate that God will speak to us and will communicate with us, especially through His Word. You know, um, in in the book, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers, on the February 12th edition, it says that we do not consciously disobey God. We simply do not heed Him. God has given us His commands. There they are, but we do not pay attention to them, not because of willful disobedience, but because we may not love and respect Him, he says. Um, and, and he talks about the importance in this of, of listening to God, seeing what God has to say to us. Now, that doesn't mean that God, every time He communicates with us, that it's going to be this 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 remarkable thing because often God may speak to us in, in the simple normal day activities he may direct us through scripture and the power of his holy spirit we do need to be open to that we need to we do need to listen to God but at the same time we don't need to think that we can monopolize God and force something on other people using God as a means by which we do that that i think is extremely dangerous. And that, I believe, is what uh, many apologists have been warning people against. So I think that's why we need to take a balanced approach to this issue. On the one hand, not try to monopolize God, but on the other hand, incline our hearts towards God, be willing to listen to what God may try to tell us. Because we don't have a God who's neglected us and left us as orphans. We have a God who has promised that He will never leave us forsake us and that's the truth that we can hold on uh, hold on to grab on to and take with us no matter where we are well this has been brian chilton you've been listening to the bellator christie podcast god bless you and we'll see you back the next time that we step into the arena
Who is God? What is He like? How can we know? The answers you give to these questions will have a tremendous impact on your worship, discipleship, apologetics, and evangelism. Faulty ideas about God are permeating both the church and the culture. It's time to get back to the basics of understanding the existence and nature of the God who is. Marking the 25th year of this annual event, Southern Evangelical Seminary's National Conference on Christian Apologetics returns to Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, with an all-star lineup of some of the finest Christian minds in the world to explore this incredibly important topic. Join us October 12-13, 2018 at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Among the 65 speakers at the event include Ravi Zacharias of RZIM, Josh McDowell of Josh McDowell Ministries, Chip Ingram of Living on the Edge, Gary Habermas of Liberty University, Natasha Crane, Richard Land, and many, many more. Ticket prices before August 1st are $75 for adults, $45 for students. After August 1st, the tickets go up to $85 for adults and $55 for regular price. Save an extra 5% per ticket when you register by May 1st. Group, homeschool, Christian school, and skeptic discounts are available. Call for details by dialing 1-800-77-TRUTH, extension 201. Once again, that's 1-800-77-TRUTH, extension 201. Or go to conference.ses.edu. The 25th anniversary of the National Conference on Christian Apologetics will be October 12th and 13th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hope to see you there. You're going to change this world for Christ. Don't look around and wonder who it is. Say, God, make it me. Make it me. Because we're training champions. That's a part of the vision. Write the vision, make it plain. We're training champions to change the world. That vision of training champions for Christ to change the world is the foundation of Liberty University. It always has been, and it always will be. Everything we are today is built upon it. But while our vision hasn't changed since 1971, the world around us has. Fewer and fewer people understand what we mean when we say train champions for Christ. So we show them. We show them what authentic faith in Christ looks like through the lens of academics, athletics, through the way we have fun and the way we serve one another and the world. We show them that we the faithful, the bold, the united, and the brave are also we the creators, the innovators, the entrepreneurs, and the leaders. We the champions are committed to tackling the issues of our time with integrity and prayer. Our vision hasn't changed. It has strengthened, broadened, expanded. It has grown into over 550 programs of study, reaching into over 80 countries, uniting over 100,000 students into a beautifully diverse family with a singular vision. We the champions, in order to affirm our tradition of unwavering faith, ignite a passion for wisdom, challenge perspectives, 
inspire creativity, and pursue knowledge. Do resolve to be the voice for the voiceless, bring healing to the hurting, fight for the oppressed, defend freedom, defy stereotypes, and follow God's calling wherever it may lead. Find out more about Liberty University by visiting liberty.edu.